When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to it, Roadshow Tuesday. Real red tip off as we are here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. Our favorite uh, Boilermaker shot taker has just shown up as well. As uh, it is uh, Nebraska Creighton getting ready for an early tip off tonight. Are you on your way down to Pinnacle Bank Arena? Swing on in the Single Barrel. Uh, make plans to get yourself a steak, a sandwich, some fries, a uh, well, an IPA over there uh, with some Husker fans checking things out. Of course, check out the Top Golf simulators when you're in town. But uh, above all, get uh, some of that wonderful whiskey and steak here at the Single Barrel. Numbers to get in today at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence on Twitter for Elijah. We're trying something new. My face is so beautiful. I'm kidding that Facebook wasn't enough. ESPN Lincoln, Facebook, we're streaming live. But remember that scene in Animal House? Some of you old enough, right? Junior saw Animal House when he was nine, parent of the year. But there's the scene on Animal House where they, they put a picture of Kent Dorfman up. And Belushi screams in the front row. And then all of a sudden, chew cups and beers and broken glasses thrown at the pictures of Kent Dorfman where people are screaming. That's me. Twitter. Hello. We are uh, streaming live on Twitter as well, and it is is incredible. Hey, Elijah, how are you? I'm doing well. Excuse me, I need to turn my mic on here. Uh, but, yeah, the, a new place to be able to catch uh, Hale Varsity Radio is always good, especially on a day like today, Nebraska, Creighton. Uh, I have just been looking forward to this one probably for weeks now. Uh, with uh, how this football season's gone the past couple weeks. So really excited to see how this Husker basketball team fares and what kind of strides they've made since uh, a really disappointing le- week last week. Here's what's the, the reality. You, need, you deserve something good as a Nebraska fan. And Will Bolt's there for you with his recruiting class today. But that doesn't start till February. Uh, Husker basketball, at least they're one and one. All right, at least they took Sam Houston State down. That was a tough watch on Friday. I don't know how today's going to turn out. I know Nebraska's favorite at Pinnacle Bank. I know the crowd is so anxious to, to blow the, the roof off of PBA against the hated in-state rivals. Uh, Creighton comes to town, five new starters. But guess what? Tempo, threes. They know what happens in March, and that is dancing. They go to the NCAA tournament, and if they don't go, they're right there 
at least at the door, trying to get in. Nebraska trying to do that here sooner rather than later with this incredible uh, lineup of, of talent that needs to translate into wins for Nebraska. Easier said than done. So uh, you feel a little bit better about Nebraska finding a way against Sam Houston State. You still have the taste of Western Illinois in your mouth. And uh, Nebraska and Coach Hoiberg will hear from Fred here in a little bit. But listen, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. You get to be back with tons of your buddies uh, as we know what kind of a juiced atmosphere PBA brings. Uh, can Nebraska's playmaking, can Nebraska's basketball IQ, can Nebraska's toughness really emerge against Creighton? And it's going to be about tempo. So we'll check in with Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Network, Big Ten Buffet. He is uh, dual threading here with basketball and football on the network, get his take on Nebraska football, on Nebraska basketball. This is still supposed to be Wisconsin week. And with the Gavit games uh, doing the crossover between the Big East and Big Ten Challenge, I love that. Give me about three weeks to play this thing, right? Don't don't slam in Nebraska Creighton in November. That's what, uh, what we got to do. So be it. This should be a standalone anyway. It should be Nebraska Creighton. It shouldn't be included in the Gavit games. Let Nebraska play somebody else from the Big East. They've done it, be it Virginia Tech or Clemson or Miami. They don't have that. It's Creighton. That's your your partner this year. So uh, we'll see how Nebraska responds. Uh, we'll see if the shooters get going. We'll see if Nebraska gives the home crowd something to cheer about. Uh, you pray it's a tight ball game. Not that Creighton's world beaters right now. They are 2-0. and We'll dive into some Nebraska-Wisconsin thoughts as uh, Coach Chins talked today. And uh, in Hour 2, Hall of Fame coach uh, and uh, longtime Nebraska basketball assistant Jeff Smith going to be on site with us, get his take on the rivalry, get his take on the matchup and the keys tonight for Nebraska basketball. And uh, then Coach Kaz also going to be with us, get his thoughts on the coaching carousel and we might even talk some hoops with Coach Kaz because, well, Kaz could, could ball, uh, being as, as tall and, and as good a footwork as he had. Uh, so maybe some stories from noon ball past with Nebraska football coaches. Uh, Elijah, you still play pickup ball. You uh, and Willie J and some of the crew, I haven't gotten that phone call because you guys are wise. Well, yeah, well, we know that your, uh, your playing technique is physical, uh, foul fest. Uh, I would call it uh, if I had to if I had to put a a, a term on how you play basketball, uh, but I'm not going to sit here and act like uh, basketball was my sport by any means. Uh, I think Willie J and I and our group of friends we all play together because uh, we're not good. Uh, we are good when we we are compared to each other. Once once you get us all winded, like okay, now we might have some uh, some competition. But yeah, no, no but basketball. Give me an open three and I'll knock it down. But don't make me go beat somebody off the dribble. Well, let's uh, hear from a guy that was good off the dribble, wonderful at spotting up, Coach Hoiberg, as uh, he had part of his presser. Yes, he had his press conference yesterday. Uh, Dan, our, our, our faithful listener, uh, posted a pretty hilarious gif of Grandpa Simpson walking in. It says Schmidt on Twitter. He walks in, 
sees Bart, turns around and walks out. <laughs> Don't let it frighten you. Bill chimes in. Two handsome guys chatting before a Husker win. Love your confidence, Bill. But uh, find the show, stream the show, ESPN Lincoln on Twitter, ESPN Lincoln on Facebook. But uh, here is Coach Hoiberg. As, uh, it is a rivalry, and it's time for Nebraska to get some work done in this rivalry. It's one of the great things about about sports is rivalry games. You know, even though I've only been a part of this one for a couple of years, I've been a part of great one growing up. Growing up in Ames, playing against Iowa, uh, those were always huge games for us and huge games for them. And the, the state, uh, you know, gets really jacked up for those uh, for those contests. So you know, it, it is. One year without fans, obviously very strange, playing both games so far on the road, which we're very appreciative to, to Coach Mack uh, for changing up the schedule a little bit where we wouldn't have played in an empty arena and then go back there with fans again. So, uh, you know, really excited about this opportunity. We'll learn a lot about ourselves in this game. Uh, they're going to test us in a lot of ways. I've been very impressed uh, with the young talent that, uh, that, that they've uh, got in the roster and just need to go out and, and – play with great effort uh, for 40 minutes. We'll do that, and we'll, uh, we'll have a chance. So effort, uh, intensity, intelligence, all things that are uh, very important uh, tonight for Nebraska basketball. More from Hoiberg here. What's the plan, right? What is the plan tonight against Creighton? For us, we just need to go out and, you know, first of all, be better than what we've been so far this season. We can build off some of the things that we did in the second half uh, the other night against Sam Houston. And, uh, you know, when, when the ball moves, we're a pretty effective team. When, when we get dribble happy and dribble the air out of the ball, which we've had too many of those possessions uh, so far this season, uh, we get stagnant, we get ourselves in trouble, and, and we're susceptible, uh, you know, in transition on the other end because we don't have any movement. So, uh, you know, it's been a big emphasis in practice the last couple of days, and our guys have done a really good job getting in the paint, making plays as opposed to getting in there, shifting, uh, you know, shooting contested mid-range shots, uh, spraying it out and getting good looks on offense. So that's been a big emphasis of what we've been trying to do. Uh, we continued to hit the glass hard. You know, I thought our, we were more physical, much more physical in our second game, and we're going to have to carry that over tomorrow night to, uh, to this game against Creighton. They've got some very athletic uh, players and good length across the board. We'll hear more from Coach Hoiberg coming up here in this hour. Here at the Single Barrel, Hale Varsity Roadshow, Real Red Tip Off, ahead of Nebraska Creighton. On your way down, get a cold one, get a sandwich, or go big on a Tuesday because you deserve it. It's 70 degrees. Get yourself a steak here at the Single Barrel. Also, a programming note, we're here Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You want to ditch your in-laws? They're invading your home? I'm right here for you. Get over here uh, to the single barrel. Uh, Steve weighs in. Go Big Red. Beat Creighton. Hashtag Nebraskaball. And a faithful assistant of Danny Nee. Of course, Jeff Smith will be with us here in uh, less than one hour. So here's what I do know. 25 turnovers last year against Creighton for Nebraska basketball. Creighton at one point up by 38 points. Uh, In 2019, that was a beauty. Creighton led at 1.40 to 9. They, uh, they blocked an extra point. It's going to be about transition. Nebraska and Coach Hoiberg 0-2. Listen, I don't know if Nebraska wins tonight, but you need something good if you're a Nebraska sports fan. Saturday doesn't look great. Uh, let's, let's see if Fred and the crew can do it. You know, if, if we break this down real simply, Elijah, 
transition's key. Creighton's going to get up and down. They, they're they good about averaging 80. I know they uh, not long ago shot 8 of 44 from three-point land, so they're a far cry from, from vintage Creighton, but they could round into that easily. Uh, and Fred's really hit on this, keeping it simple. I think that's what's what's frustrated and maybe pumped the brakes or dampened Nebraska basketball fans. Cause you've had an unbelievable amount of hype with this team, with uh, Bryce McGowan's. You've got Kesey, the sharpshooter. Uh, of course, you've got Wiltshire that's there. And then you've got some guys that are back. Uh, Trey, for sure. Uh, Eduardo Andre Breidenbach. I mean, he's a new name, obviously. <clears throat> obviously, but Lat has been dinged. You haven't seen Kobe yet. So there are some pieces uh, that are back, and you're looking for a, a, a year three jump. Uh, but the, the biggest problem with Nebraska right now uh, is is keeping it simple. And we'll hear from Fred in a little bit on on Verge. But here's, here's a, a thing I don't get. And, I mean, I, yes, bring talent in, but you're asking Verge to come in. And, and Verge has always been kind of a, an off-ball scorer. He's a guy that was Mr. Microwave. He'd go get you double digits in the blink of an eye, and he'd do it via, via volume, or he'd be pretty efficient. I mean, he, he'd catch fire. He could go off and carry you. But now you're asking him to play point. And he totally can do it, and he's got the handles to do it, and he's got the first step to do it. But Nebraska's had a real problem finishing at the rim through two two games, at least to start the game. They were better in game two against South uh, Sam Houston State. But in game one, uh, Nebraska's offense with Fred is beautiful. You finish at the rim or you kick out, catch, fire, three, there you go. But Nebraska's not been been great at finishing at the rim, and I'm interested to see, you know, what tweaks. And Verge will be the, the straw that stirs your drink tonight. Can he just do the simple? And the, the question to me is, how does this Husker basketball team handle the pressure? Because we saw how they played whenever there was no pressure on against Colorado. Whenever you know, if you lose this game, it's okay. It doesn't affect our record. It's, it's a learning opportunity. And you saw how they came out. They came out. Uh, really without fear of failure. It uh, wasn't guys trying to do too much. They shared the ball well. But then as soon as the game started to matter and the pressure's on, you have some more fans inside PBA uh, against uh, Sam Houston State as well as against Western Illinois, you see this team start to press a little bit. Uh, guys are starting to play hero ball. Guys are starting to work too hard trying to put it all on their own shoulders, getting to the basket, get, making that offensive spark. And this tonight, what it is, at its heart, is this is the most important game, the biggest game so far of the Fred Hoiberg era. It's the first time you've had the kind of talent on this Husker basketball team that you said you were going to bring here. It's the type of, uh, first time you've really had the true, just pure talent to be able to beat this Creighton team across from you. So how does this Husker basketball team handle the pressure in front of what I'm assuming is going to be a pretty raucous and pretty full PBA crowd? Because the pressure is going to be on. They know what type of team they have across from them, and they, they know they have the talent to beat this Creighton team. It's how do they handle the pressure? They have it, and, and can you're right on. Can you handle the pressure, and do you, do you look for your teammates mm. to help lift that pressure? Or is it going to be John Wayne time? Uh, it's all about me, and I've got some scouts in the building, and, man, i got to show out. And that's, that's, the, that's the wall that, that Hoiberg's got to knock down in this early season. And you've got guys that are mature and a guy like Trey McGowan's. He can talk to his teammates. He can talk to his brother. And honestly, I don't, 
I don't worry about a guy like uh, like Bryce. I don't. I mean, Bryce was only only took thirteen shots to get you twenty, you know, twenty nine, twenty seven points. Those are two incredible outings. One was a volume effort. Another was an efficient effort. I truly worry about Verge. And let's do we have time to sneak in the Verge comment or not? No, we'll do that at four forty. But uh, yeah, there was a, there was a there was a sit down film session with Hoiberg in Verge. You do not want to put the brakes on a guy like Verge. Absolutely not with decision-making, and athleticism in the free flow of this offense. You can't do it. You won't do it. But he needs to be more worldly with, with how he's distributed. Yeah, it, it comes down to guys and being that, able that's to, it. Guys being able to know their roles, learn their roles, and then be able to go out and execute their roles on a night-in, night-out basis. That's what, that's what this team has, has got to learn right now is what are the roles and how do I go out and execute those roles. And that was the second thing Fred said this season in the preseason presser. Roll acceptance. Come on down to the single barrel. Real red tip off ahead of Nebraska Creighton here at the single barrel inside the graduate. Rick Pizzo's next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here. Real red tip off inside the single barrel. As uh, folks having a drink and a steak before Nebraska Creighton, we welcome in with the Big Ten Network, Big Ten Buffet time. It's Rick Pizzo. Rick, it uh, doesn't get any better than this. It's just a little earlier than we're used to with Nebraska Creighton. How are you? Doing great, man. It is funny. You know, Chris, I love basketball as much as I love football. But this time of the year when you have that crossover and my mindset is still fully on football because I travel every weekend, I'm not quite ready for hoops. I wish we could delay it a couple of weeks until we get done with the regular season of football, but I know in today's day and age of scheduling, it's just not a reality. So how cold was Rick Pizzo in Iowa City? You know, it wasn't that bad, Schmitty, honestly. Like, the first half was fine because the sun, what there was of it, was still out a little bit. <laughs> Second half, the wind started gusting a little. The problem becomes when you're on the field for four, four and a half hours and there's no sun to warm up that field turf, the field turf gets really cold and you can start to feel that chill go from your feet to your legs and through your body. So I got to tell you, by the time I was doing post-game interviews, if Kirk Ferentz isn't wearing a hat and gloves, I can't have one on either, so you got to roll with what gets you there. <laughs> well, I'll say this: about uh, midway through the fourth, uh, Captain Kirk did put a stocking hat on. We were watching that yes, game, he and uh, he, he he got bundled up a little bit. We'll uh, get into some Big Ten football in a moment. I want to get your reaction to Trev Alberts and and what he's done since we last talked, and that's. Scott Frost is going to be back for a fifth year. His deal's restructured, a chance to bump that, that $4 million for 2022 back up to $5 million for 2023, but also Scott letting four dear uh, close associates of his go uh, on the offensive side. What do you make of it? Yeah, the money's not a big deal. I mean, to you or I or most of the rest of the world, it's a huge deal, but I don't think to Scott it's a big deal. The letting go of the assistant coach is something completely different, and I'm not that surprised with what Trev decided to do. Recent history, Chris, look at the Big Ten East. Very similar to what Ward Manuel did with Jim Harbaugh. Pay cut, more incentive-based. Now, those changes came more on the defensive side than the offensive side. 
but similar situations. Worked out very well for Michigan this year. Obviously, still have a huge game coming up next Saturday against Ohio State to prove if maybe the changes got them over that hump. But I think it worked in Ann Arbor. I think it's something that could potentially work in Lincoln, though. I believe, and this is just conjecture on my part, I believe the leash may be a little bit shorter than it was in Michigan. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh is making even more money, and so the restructuring gave Michigan back a little bit more financial latitude than the extra million Nebraska is getting back. But I also think Michigan had been close, right? They had won eight, nine games. Now, it's not necessarily a fair comparison because the cupboard wasn't nearly as empty when Jim Harbaugh took over as it was when Scott Frost took over. But I do think that probably even more so than what we heard in Ann Arbor, this is a one-year show-me-what-you-got kind of arrangement. It is, and you have that October 1st date that was released Friday where you've got about six games to to see where the direction of the program is going for 2022. You know, Rick, it's Wisconsin week. This is supposed to be a, a big game. The line isn't that brutal uh, from Vegas, that is. We'll see where Nebraska's offensive line is at against the Wisconsin front seven. But uh, to, to shift gears to, to Madtown on Saturday, you know, what do you think of this Wisconsin kind of uh, – uh, resurrection, so to speak, after their one and three start. Conversely, you know, what do you take away from Nebraska here, uh, coming off a bye week, hanging in with Ohio State? What do you see with this matchup? Yeah, well, I've seen Wisconsin a couple of times in person this year, and I saw them after the really tough start. I saw them when they started to trend in the right direction. Braylon Allen has come on, and he's an absolute beast. I got to tell you, Chris, he's seventeen. Won't turn eighteen till January. There are very few 17-year-old young men that are built like that. He is just an absolute horse. And behind that offensive line that is now healthy again, he gives you that run threat of going the distance and not just that, but beating you up. I mean, he's the one delivering blows, and that softens everything up for Graham Ertz, who's looked so much better over the last month. But in this game, and you brought up Wisconsin's defense, uh, can you find any holes there? I talked to Greg Schiano about it. He said, listen, we sat down as a staff before the Rutgers-Wisconsin game. He said, we kept looking for holes, and how could we exploit? And there were no holes to exploit. I mean, they have a 260-pound linebacker in Leo Chanel who runs like a fast safety and can fill gaps. Jack Sanborn, their entire back seven is ridiculous. Maybe their defensive line isn't quite as elite as it was in the J.J. Watt days, but their hole stuffers, they're so big and physical – This, to me, is the biggest test of the year for Nebraska's offensive line. And I think you actually cannot try to run the ball to set up the pass. I think you have to be able to throw the ball a little bit to try to soften things up a little bit to open it up for the run. Because if you do it the other way, they're just going to chew you up and spit you out defensively. Rick, I looked at a couple of past meetings with Nebraska-Wisconsin, and they were, you know, 13-17 point uh, type differences, but Adrian's first game in Madison, 400-plus yards total offense. Really good ball game for him. It was the defense that got wore out by the Wisconsin run game. Uh, 2019, uh, you had Crookshank before he went to Rutgers, uh, a couple of big returns. But Mills went off for almost a 200-yard rushing day against Wisconsin. So this frost scheme seems to, to give problems. And we know Adrian's been up, up and down. He seems to be healthier after another bye week. Could, could Nebraska, again, give Wisconsin some fits with just some, uh, some ad lib here by Adrian? 
Yeah, I think that is the one thing when you have a fast, aggressive defense that loves to get after the quarterback, then the middle can be softened up if you have a quarterback who can run. Now, saying that, Jim Leonard is not one of the hottest coaching prospects in the country because he doesn't figure things out. I mean, he figures it out and he figures it out quickly. I do think that Jim Leonard knows going into this game that Scott Frost is well aware that Adrian Martinez's running ability, especially on broken plays and maybe on some designed quarterback runs, gives Nebraska its best chance to have success offensively. The trouble is, though, that you also have linebackers and safeties on that Wisconsin defense that know that are fast enough, not as fast as Adrian, but fast enough that they can play that spy role and let other guys do the work if, in fact, that's what Nebraska decides to do offensively. Yes, Nebraska has had some success. I think this Wisconsin defense, the way this Wisconsin defense is playing right now, is arguably as well as any defense that we've seen play football in the Big Ten, maybe since the start of the Big Ten Network era 15 years ago. That's impressive, and that says a lot from you, who've seen uh, about every defense, and, and I wouldn't disagree with you. They are that great a unit. They have stars, not in the Watt type, frame but they've got that 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 linebacking core in the secondary you touched on so nebraska defensively um your, your hope here rick is to to slow down allen and i guess make the wisconsin passing game beat you is that the game plan if if you're uh, coach chins no doubt about it listen i i mentioned that graham Mertz has been better he's been much better but you cannot let Wisconsin beat you with its strength. And its strength right now is Briggle and Allen and that offensive line controlling the clock, wearing you down, beating you into submission. You can't let them do that. Now, if Graham Mertz goes nuts and makes great throws to his receivers, and, you know, uh, I think Jim Ray DK is a guy who's come on as of late, has been really good, and obviously they have a terrific tight end and Jake Ferguson and other wide receiver options. But if those guys beat you, then they beat you. And you tip your cap and you say, congratulations, Graham Mertz. We were going to stop the run. And, you know, that's what we sold out to do. You do it the other way, you're in a ton of trouble. I just think you have to make sure that you don't get beaten by allowing the other team to impose its will and utilize its strength. Yes, if you're Eric Shenander to me, you make sure that you do everything possible to limit what Braylon Allen that run game does. And you take your chances on the outside and with the pass game. Rick Pizos with his Big Ten Buffet Hail Varsity Radio here at the Single Barrel. Inside the Graduate Haymarket, uh, buzzing Nebraska and Creighton here in a little bit from uh, PBA. Rick, I want to go to two names that are well-known in Big Ten circles. I, we mentioned a little bit ago Nebraska's openings. Uh, what, what's been your impression of Ed Warner? Uh, he was at Ohio State in 14, has been at Michigan pretty uh, well-respected offensive line guy was part of Mangino's crew also uh, down at KU and they were going 12 and one and then Kirk Siraka uh, an an offensive coordinator that didn't last with James Franklin but man was he good with Fleck are those two names that would make sense to target if you're Nebraska if you're Scott looking to kind of keep the spread thing going but add a little more power you know, it's interesting because I think Ed Warner is a guy that would fit pretty much everywhere. I mean, his knowledge is so deep on the O-line. Obviously, that ties inside the league. So if recruiting is part of that job description, which it pretty much always is these days with coaching, you have that checked off. 
as well. Now, remember, he tried his hand as an OC at Ohio State for a little while, too, and that didn't work out nearly as well because I think he is specifically a position coach. Mm -hmm. So if his focus is just on that offensive line, I think he works pretty much everywhere. Now, Kirk Sherrock is an interesting guy because back in those days when he was at Minnesota and having success, remember, Minnesota had Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, and they were kind of throwing the ball all over the yard. They had a couple of good backs and Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks backs that they could also utilize in the pass game. Now, Minnesota has transitioned into a run-first offense, and I think Kirk saw that and said, well, let me try something new, and he got a great offer and a nice bump and a big raise from James Franklin, and that didn't work. I just don't think the chemistry was there. So you wonder what kind of offense he best fits in, and if it is, in fact, those couple of years when Minnesota was moving the ball down the field, then he would be a fit, but I think so much of it is chemistry. You know, I don't know Kirk's personality well enough to know whether he would fit and jive with Scott and the other assistants he's bringing in, but obviously the two names that you mentioned, guys who have had not just experience inside the Big Ten, but significant success inside the Big Ten. Do you worry about whoever that OC is jibing with Scott? Just be, and It'd be hard, wouldn't it, Rick, to, to just hand it over and I don't know that that Scott will totally do that but it's it's his goal is to be more CEO-ish but man he's he's cut his teeth calling plays and he's done it well at a couple of previous stops yeah I think that's much easier said than done Chris I mean especially if you start to struggle right your offense struggles first couple of tough games you, you start thinking to yourself as the head coach who's called plays your whole life you were an OC, and then you kept the play calling duty when you became a head coach. It worked wonders at UCF. You still have a really good offense at Nebraska. A couple of games of struggle under a new guy. You don't go, well, I would have called it this way. I would have called it that way. I think it's going to be a really tough thing for Scott to hand off. And I know his argument about being a CEO. Listen, Nebraska is one of the most important coaching jobs in the country because of the fan base, because of the history, because of what's expected of you. I think deep in his heart of hearts, Scott Frost is a play caller. And to be able to give that responsibility to somebody else, I think it's going to be really difficult. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here. Real red tip-off inside the single barrel. Rick Pizzo's with us. Rick, we'll get you out of here real quick. A uh, thought on Michigan State and Ohio State. That's a large number from friends in the desert. Michigan State's answered about every challenge except uh, West Lafayette this year. They have, but that defense has been penetrable at times. (laughs) And if anybody can penetrate defenses, it's Ohio State. I mean, their offense right now is clicking at an unbelievable rate. Everybody wants to talk about Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. What about Jackson Smith and Jigba? who the last three weeks has been maybe the best receiver in the country, not just on the Ohio State team. And, of course, Travion Henderson is ridiculous in his yards per carry. C.J. Stroud, if you're telling me C.J. Stroud's not in the Heisman race right now, then you're not watching college football. So I have a ton of respect for what Mel Tucker and this Spartan program has done this year. I just don't think that right now anybody is capable of stopping Ohio State, which is why I give Nebraska – so much credit for what it did defensively against the Buckeyes. It's probably their stiffest defensive challenge of the year. And ever since then, I think the wake-up call, I mean, you saw them last week against Purdue. I mean, they were going down the field and doing whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. I think it's a really, really tough ask for Michigan State this week. 
Rick, uh, basketball will end it here as Fred Hoiberg and Creighton, uh, uh, Nebraska versus Creighton, uh, and that tips off here shortly. Uh, Nebraska's got uh, some stars, man. They've got some athletes. They've got some ballers. They need uh, to be more simple, as he would put it, make the simple plays. What's been your early impression of Nebraska through uh, through the, a couple of games? They're one and one. They've been crushed on the glass a, a little bit, but you know what? This is a rivalry ball game, and uh, I'm not sure some of the kids here know know what Creighton, Nebraska is on on either side because both teams are so young. Yeah, it's a rivalry, but I, I'm with you. I don't necessarily know that either of these teams have guys who think to themselves, well, here's our in-state rival. This is a game that we have circled on our schedule. I think it's a really important game for Nebraska because of that start. You know, I was in studio, unfortunately, for that season opener, and simple is the word. You can go off and have your young guys score 25-30, but if you give the ball away, if you make mistakes at critical times, if you make bad decisions, you're not going to win basketball games against good teams. The Creighton's a good team. I mean, the best team, obviously, quality team that Nebraska has seen in three games this year. So, yeah, a win would be nice. A win would obviously be something huge to build on. But I think Fred Hoiberg is absolutely right. He needs to see his team make the simple, smart, fundamental plays to give them that base and a little bit of foundation as you start to get in to the rest of your non-conference and, of course, in Big Ten play. Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Network, Big Ten Buffet. Rick, be good. We'll check in soon. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a great week. Enjoy the game tonight. Good to hear from Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Buffet. Thoughts on Nebraska Creighton specifically. Let's talk and hear from Fred Hoiberg about uh, Nebraska understanding that the kids on the current roster and team getting what this rivalry is all about. Our guys understand. They understand the importance of what this game means. Uh, we have talked about it to them. Uh, you know, the one thing about these games, sometimes you go out there, you're almost too hyped up, and just thinking back on experience uh, from playing in those games and coaching in those games, you almost get a little too hyped up. So, you know, for us, it's about going out there and doing the things that have made us a good team this year and limiting the things uh, that have caused us to struggle. And that's what it's all about. But absolutely, we have talked to our team about the importance uh, what this game means, um, you know, especially to our fans. That is Fred Hoiberg here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal Roadshow Tuesday with Hale Varsity Radio. And can find us on the social channels. We are attempting something that is a live stream on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln. And uh, we've been streaming uh, live on Facebook for a lot of our road shows. So check that out. Give us some comments uh, or a follow or a comment on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence as well. We're here till 6. I know tip-off is at 6.01 with the incredible Kevin Kugler and Nick Baugh at PBA. So I'll probably be holding the fort down here having uh, something like this and, and probably a steak. Elijah's nodding his head going, yes. Well, I was thinking steak. that. Uh, the single barrel is legendary for it, so you're invited down. We'll be here throughout the basketball season for some select basketball uh, real red tip-off shows. That's going to be a lot of fun. That, that, that could Creighton be. tonight. And then uh, I think uh, December 7th for Michigan and Nebraska. We're here Wednesday to get you out of the, uh, the in-laws grasp or uh, tractor beam uh, getting ready for Black Friday uh, next Wednesday here, Roadshow on Wednesday. So let's talk a little bit more about the key. 
right? Rebounding is always the key. That's one A, Elijah. That's one B. That's one C. And you need McGowan's to be big tonight. But uh, real quick from Fred, uh, he got in a little bit uh, inside baseball or inside basketball with uh, with his film session with Alonzo Verge. What does Verge do tonight to complement? to distribute, to get the offense going. Here's Fred from from yesterday about his sit-down with Virch. You know, those film sessions, it's not about taking away aggressiveness. Alonzo, obviously, is a kid that can really uh, get into the paint, and he's got a scorer's mentality, and that's what he's played really for the last four years, going back to junior college and then at Arizona State. He has played more off the ball and has been asked to score the basketball, and he's fallen back on that a little bit, especially, uh, you know, if, if things weren't going great on the floor to almost try to take the game over by himself. He had some great opportunities at the rim that he missed, and it might be a completely different game if he makes pretty much uncontested layups. He missed three of them in the first 10 minutes. So I'm not taking away Alonzo's aggressiveness, uh, but what I am asking him to do is when he gets in there, he's got to survey the floor because when we hit the paint we spray it out, we're very efficient team and we look at numbers all across the board when we started uh, this thing a couple months ago so he took it well and now it's about carrying it over and doing it uh, in game action especially when times get tough and he admitted he got in his own head a little bit because you miss those easy ones at the rim and then you start pressing so you know I thought his second half was better uh, the other night he finished better he found Bryce on a couple plays where he came under control and the biggest thing I showed him when he makes a simple play early in the possession whether it's hitting the pocket uh, throwing a shake pass, getting the ball moving, creating that chain reaction. Uh, we have really good possessions. That's the mayor, Fred Hoiberg, ahead of Nebraska and Creighton. Uh, more thoughts on Nebraska-Wisconsin. Rick Kaczynski with us here at 520. And uh, coming up, Jeff Smith, longtime Nebraska assistant, Hall of Fame coach for Lincoln Southeast. He'll be on site with us before he gets uh, on his way to PBA. Uh, for Nebraska Creighton. It is about simplicity, and uh, you just need to make the simple pass or the jump stop or the box out or just do your job. You hear it in football all the time, Elijah, but, man, getting back in transition is is paramount, and uh, we'll see how your closeout defense is as well for Nebraska. You don't need Creighton getting hot. 2008 and 2018 two times since 08 that's it two wins in that span is it for nebraska basketball you've got equal or better talent can you have equal or better execution and rebounding with the simple things tonight for nebraska and some Nebraska, some basketball fans in this state want it twice a year, home and away. Do a do a game at uh, CHI, do a game at PBA. Well, it's been a struggle, to, to say the least, for Nebraska basketball. Coach Miles and company got it done with Ivan Copeland going off in 18. Uh, a 52-50 rock fight erupted in 08 <laughs> for Nebraska Creighton. We'll see what happens tonight one final segment here this first hour come on down to the single barrel get a cold one and some grub before you head to nebraska creighton hail varsity on the road and now and now back to hail varsity radio one final time this hour hour two coming up uh longtime nebraska assistant and hall of fame coach jeff smith 
going to be on site with us. We are on the road. Real red tip-off. It is single barrel. We love being here for football and excited to be back for select basketball games. Uh, Nebraska-Creighton tonight, the in-state rivalry. Is it a bread? Is it a blue state? Uh, there'll be some purple spilled, perhaps, by halftime. Reminder to buckle up here. There's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver driving drunk, buzzed or high. Never acceptable. Law enforcement officers working every day to stop it before more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink. If you do drink, designate a sober driver or get a ride share, a ride uh, getting that ride, a DUI costs more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Coach is uh, here on deck, ready to rock and roll. We'll get Coach Smith's take on Nebraska and Creighton here in our two. Brennan chimes in on uh, Facebook and says, I dig this. So, yeah, you can uh, screen. Again, it's the Animal House reaction when they're accepting new pledges and Someone's picture goes up on the screen. There's there's absolute screams here. Uh, uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Elijah, you're fine. You're still young. You're vibrant. There's no gray. I got to wear a hat here. But uh, if you're thinking about taking the office out for the holidays, the single barrel will feed them appropriately. But then you can always get into the dreaded golf. It's awesome. It's great. It's it's the top golf simulators. They've got other sports too. They have other sports, a uh, little football, little uh it's it's the mother of all Wii setups, right? Did you have a Wii as a kid? Elijah, did you have a Wii? I always wanted a Wii, but my parents never got me one because I already had the PS3 going and then eventually the PS4 and they said, No Wii for you, you've already got your uh, your gaming console and it was fair. Okay, it was fair. Carson was four years old. And I bet him like five bucks that he couldn't beat me in Wii Tennis. He <laughs> smoked me. And then I paid him in pennies. <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. Excited to... I was always jealous of all my friends that had the Wii because it was always so much fun to go over there and play. And then, and then uh, the PlayStation got like the, the their stupid Wii knockoff version that I got and it was not worth it. So Okay. We still have the Wii buried in, in one of her drawers of, uh, I don't know, you'll lose an arm going in there. There's DVDs, there's box sets of Will and Grace, there's the Wii, and it's inside the uh, the entertainment center that no one uses anymore because everything's mounted. We've gotten off on the uh, yellow brick road here, but uh, book uh, some uh, reservations here at the Single Barrel for that holiday party. It is uh, going to be an incredible time with the Top Golf simulators here. Uh, Nebraska, Creighton, the rivalry. Two wins since 08 for Nebraska. Let's see if the mayor and company get it done. Uh, talent level even or, or better for Nebraska. What shakes out uh, for the Big Red? And uh, that tips off here shortly at 6. Future thoughts for you. You're coming down for Nebraska basketball, the single barrel where we're at here inside the graduate. Amazing steaks, beers, and Hall of Fame coach is on deck uh, with Southeast and Nebraska basketball. Jeff Smith will be with us. Hour two coming up with Hale Varsity. Here at the single barrel, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And it's awesome to see the Sunday family down here. The biggest Atlanta Braves fans I know. Uh, Dick Sunday has a Francisco Cabrera jersey on from uh, back in the day. And, uh, yes, it's awesome to see some Husker fans down here which is pretty good. Uh, we are here with the Hall of Fame coach and uh, longtime Nebraska assistant, uh, partner in crime on basketball, Jeff Smith is with his coach. You've got your red on. You, uh, you love Nebraska basketball. You were so uh, awesome as an assistant at Nebraska with Coach Nee and the crew. And now... Here comes Creighton, man. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm not doing as well as you because you got some golf in today, too, did. didn't you? Yeah, I snuck a, snuck a little par three in today. Did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful out. <laughs> but I'll play down I'm, to 45 uh, degrees, you know, so I, I'll get a few more in. If there's no wind, I'll, I'll do yeah. that, too. Yeah. It's just yeah. finding people to – it's not about the weather. It's really honestly finding people to go yeah. with me. I got my buddy Iowa Russ, and, and he's about it. <laughs> Give me a call. Give me a call. That'll be good. Hey, no, but this is exciting. This 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 rivalry is fantastic. Um, like I said this morning, I wish we played twice, you know, still, a year. Still like a home did. and a home. It, it, it'd be nice if they talk about it again, though. But I I, I do bleed Nebraska, um, being on staff there. But I do respect Creighton and especially Coach McDermott. Mm-hmm. I I when when I was coaching the twenty years at Southeast, we would go to practice every year once or twice to nebraska to wesleyan if we could to creighton and uh they were so hospitable mm-hmm. um they would share their system with us uh they they play a lot like nebraska as far as pace mm-hmm. um I, it, one of the things that hit me the first time i went to his practice all their players came over and shook shook my hand and said hello and introduced themselves and i was just and one of those was doug mcdermott you know one year too and i was i was Dugan impressed for with three, that. Right? Yeah, that that la- that's a lasting memory he even emailed me one time and said what'd you see tell me what you know tell me what we could do better and um he he is an excellent coach the big east has been great for them they've been great in the big east great so move. i fully respect them um but I hope we hammer him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Respect, but yeah. uh, still bleeding red. Jeff yeah. Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. We're at the single barrel. Going to be our home this season for Select Nebraska. Real red tip-off shows. That's what we're in a part of right now. Steaks, beers, whiskey, 250 to choose from. So when you're coming down for a Nebraska basketball game uh, that's not at 6 uh, <laughs> or at 6, you still got time to squeeze in a Guinness. Uh, get on down here to the single barrel. It's incredible. Uh, Ethan and the crew are, are just the best. We love being here for football. We're excited to be here for basketball. Coach uh, Smith, let's get into to the nuts and bolts of tonight. And Elijah and I have, have chatted quite a bit uh, about just the, the, the opportunity here. Uh, 08, the last time, Nebraska. And then, of course, back in 18, twice since 2008. That's it. That's your two wins against Creighton. Uh, from a talent level standpoint, you've seen uh, firsthand what, what talent can do on the court. 
and Nebraska has that. Nebraska has some young, they have some old, they have some roles, uh, and they have some transfers. That's been kind of Fred's formula. Love his offense. Uh, his kids uh, are, are working on being better at executing it. What's your anticipation tonight with Nebraska and, and, and doing what he asked through the media? And that's being simple. I, I, I see them listening. Um, I, I think that in a big game like this, um, they've got to trust Coach Hoiberg. They've got to trust that he's been in these situations as a player and a coach, NBA stage. They, they've got to trust that he's telling them and giving them a winning formula. I think Creighton knows that winning formula, but Creighton has a lot of new guys that haven't been in this situation. I think one of the differences between Creighton and Nebraska, Creighton runs a lot of specials. They, they run the floor. They look for shots on the break. They want to play quick, but then they'll get into a special. They know where their shots are coming from in their offense. Early season, that can be kind of helpful. They didn't blow out their opponents by any means, but um, Coach Hoiberg's system is a little more, little more motion-oriented where you get to decide what you do. It's a little more read and react, so you get to decide what shots you take. And as we heard on, on your clip with Coach Hoiberg, Alonzo hasn't been great at that yet. I always, I always coach point guards that you've got to be willing to give the ball up and then get it back sometimes a score. You can't always be the initial shot in the offense. And I thought Alonzo got cut up in trying to score early in their offense a lot, and then other guys are kind of getting frustrated. And if, if Tominaga's as good a shooter as Coach Hoiberg says, you've got, to, you've got to get him more than two looks a game. He might miss his first two, but he might make his next five if he's that good of a shooter. Let him heat up. Exactly. So, so, so I see it. This is a big point guard game. Nimhart's really good, and he fits their system perfectly, and they're going to be in their sets and know where they can score their sets. Alonzo has to get Nebraska involved. He has, he has to get his teammates involved before he even thinks about scoring. If it presents itself, go score. If not, you've got to you've got to get those guys the ball and let them operate a little bit. You got to get Bryce the ball. You got to get Trey the ball. You got to get Ladd or whoever it is. You got to get them some looks and get them involved because they're going to play harder on the defensive end if you do that. Jeff Smith is with us, Hall of Fame coach at Lincoln Southeast, and of course, uh, Nebraska assistant with Coach Knee, Hale Varsity Roadshow. We are here at the single barrel ahead of Nebraska Creighton. Coach, you just nailed it with that offense to defense mentality. Uh, Fred's touched on that with guys. Listen, you just don't want to get disinterested on offense, and then what's your intensity level on defense? How tough is this for, for Verge? We've watched Verge, uh, we've watched Zoe really with that quick first step. We've seen him make great slices to the rim, and, and Nebraska's not been great at the rim through two games this year, but, I mean, it, it, the, the, the ball will eventually drop for him. Verge is a hell of a ball player. How big of an issue is it for him to, to shift, to be asked to be on ball and run it and get other guys involved versus being the instant offense like he was at Arizona State? Yeah, he, he's going from a combo guard to a pure point and it's going to take a little while it's going to take some coaching from coach hoiberg and the assistants and i know they're doing that but it sometimes it takes a little while to click in to have that total unsub a point guard might score two points in a game because he has to distribute and get people involved and the opponent chooses to take them away he might score 20 in a game because they take away everybody else and they leap but he's got to be able to read that 
um, kind of like a quarterback reading checkdowns. He's got you know his checkdowns when he when he can create, but his his first role is to initiate offense and get people touches. But I think that takes a while. It's going to take some coaching, and if he's never done that, which I don't think he has from all indications, it's going to take a while. But but he has the talent to do it. He has the passing ability to do it. We saw that against Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's there. It's just it's just a matter of getting better every game and, and having an understanding of what the coaches want. And you got to sell it, too. Think about your value at the next level, being able to be a combo guy. You've shown you can put up points in, in droves at Arizona State. Think about what your value is going to be to an NBA team, potentially, with your athleticism and speed as a guy that can also distribute. I mean, that, that had to be the selling point to get him here. Yeah, and I also wonder if it, it wouldn't be in the plans to play a Webster at point some when he gets healthy and let Verge move to the two a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know he's a little smaller, but his quickness is unbelievable. And say, hey, when you're, when you're in with whoever we're playing at point guard, then you get, a, you get a catch and shoot a little bit more because you're on the wing. And so that could happen. You, you move a guy in and out of there a little bit. But I think right now they want to make him their – designated point guard because they love his speed and quickness they love his passing ability i think he's got good vision he can he can guard any position you know it it went perimeter wise so i think they want to first make him their point guard jeff smith is with us hail varsity radio uh here on the road at single barrel a quick thought on on mcgowan's what's your impression been here with with bryce the point totals have been great what what impressed me was going from the volume to the efficiency and and i mean and he's not afraid either yeah i was going to say the same thing Uh, you know that first game the western illinois it was more quantity not quality and the second game in just in just a few days it was quality and not as much quantity and and, and to see him knock down some threes early in the season like this and have the range that he does, and I love his length going to the basket. He's, he's one of those kids, you know, I've always talked about on our show, Alex Gordon, how mm-hmm. effortlessly he played. I think Bryce is the same way. Sometimes it doesn't look like he's playing hard, but look what he got done in that game. Um, he's just so smooth and effortless. Um, but I think he has such a great feel for the game. Um, I think he's really crafty on his drives. He'll use his length sometimes and extend past a guy. He'll pull up and shoot over him sometimes. Been very, very, very impressed. I don't think he's going to average 27 a game. I, I think tonight Creighton will get into him physically and see if he can take a little pounding and see how he responds. I think this will be a different game for him tonight. And, Coach, yeah, I'm right with you. I don't think that it's going to be one of those things where he is uh, looking like an NBA prospect all year long. He's going to take his lumps, especially in the Big Ten. But but I want to get your take on just this team as a whole with what Fred Hoiberg wants to build here at Nebraska. You know he wants that NBA system, a little bit more positionless basketball, uh, really the, the layups and three-point type offense. Do you think he has the pieces this year to be able to effectively run that offense from what you've seen through two games? Potentially, yes, I think he does because he's got he's got shooters that hopefully one or two of them can make shots um, per, per night, and you can find them. And if they can spot up in the corners and spread teams out like the NBA does, and with Verge's penetrating ability, with Bryce, even Trey going to the basket, I think they have a chance to play the way Coach Hoiberg does for the first time in his coaching tenure here to play the way he wants them to. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what you love with, with Hoiberg's offense and, and, and Kise and, and Wilcher's fit in this 
rim or open three if you if you move it. Well, the, the big thing is is that, that those shooters create spacing. And when they have – last year they would have some spacing. They would get penetration. They'd kick it out. They just couldn't make the shots at a high level. And so then teams would start packing in and say, hey, beat us from the three, and we, we couldn't do it. This year, hopefully, if they choose to pack the paint and take away – you know, they're, they're just going to have to pick their poison, I hope. If we shoot the ball as our potential shows – I think they're going to have to pick their poison and say, are we going to, are we going to take away those threes and, and allow Verge and those guys to get to the rim? Or are we going to, are we going to try to have to zone up? Are we mm-hmm. going to ha- you know, it's going to force them to, to, to make some changes, which they might not be comfortable with. So, and then, and then the, the pick and roll game, um, I, they've looked pretty good in that so far. Um, and they can make an extra pass out of that. Uh, so, and, th- and that with that extra spacing, that pick and roll game opens up a lot more too. So, yeah, I think I think they got a chance um, if they have the right mentality. Colorado, there's no pressure. You're in an exhibition game. You make your first few shots. You look fantastic. The ball kept moving because you were having success. Um, the first regular season game, and, and I think we said on air, it's different because it's a real game. Mm-hmm. We tighten up a little bit. We miss our first few shots. Guys, guys try to do too much. Maybe not even selfishly, but that's, you know, I can do this. I can help the team. Um, and, and so that became a problem. Their heart was in the right place. It was just the wrong move. So let's talk about Walker. Let's talk about uh, Ed. Andre, uh, I love what he brought. I love his physicality. I love his one-two. Nebraska has options. Uh, they'll need both in, in the Big Ten here. we got a couple minutes left here before you, you head, to, head to PBA, Coach Smith. You know, what's, what's a key or two for Nebraska? What's their advantage? And do we know about uh, Mitchell for Creighton? He's, he's, a, he's a big guy. Uh, puzzle piece for him tonight yeah Sharif the Omaha Burt product um, one of the best defenders in the Big East I know Um, so I'm not sure if he's playing he hasn't played in their first two Um, but if he plays that that could make a difference with Creighton defensively Uh, but I think keys obviously everybody looks at rebounding Mm -hmm. and and you know that's been a glaring weakness for us so and I think that's part of the reason they went to a little bigger lineup and got Eduardo in there. And when, when they played Eduardo and Breidenbach in there, not only not only just rebounding, but changing shots inside, um, contesting shots a little bit better. I like the fa- I, I kind of like the fact that they could go Walker and have Eduardo back him up mm-hmm. inside and then swing and then put Breidenbach maybe at a permanent four, unless they really want to have five shooters on the floor. Then you bring Breidenbach back to the five. But um, I just I just I really like Eduardo's athleticism in there, his ability to change shots. Um, I don't know if he'll always be as efficient as he was in this last game, but um, Walker Walker has been really good in pick and rolls. He's their strength defensively inside. He is a really good communicator. If you sit close enough to the floor, and I was fortunate enough to see a practice, he is a great communicator. Now, your big man has to be one of your best communicators, especially defensively. So um, those two could be a really good combination. Um, and then you maybe slip Breidenbach back in there at the five sometimes, but I think he's a four. I think he's a good long four that you like that can still spread the floor. Jeff Smith, Hall of Fame coach and uh, Nebraska assistant, longtime coach at Southeast with us here. Single barrel, road show, real red tip off here ahead of Nebraska Creighton. Coach, about a minute. What was the message from, from Danny when he got here uh, about this rivalry? It was Baroni back then. How did he treat it? <laughs> 
He just told us, he told the guys we can't lose it. We just have to have the in-state We cleaned it up and, for radio. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We always do that with Danny. <laughs> but, yeah, he was, he, he said this was, he, he used to emphasize this game, that this is a, you know, this is a rivalry, and we want to get the best of this rivalry. And Creighton was good back then. You know, Harstead and Gallagher and those guys, it yeah. was a challenge. Um, we kind of finally broke through and, and, um, in that second year I was there and, and kind of dominated in one game. And that kind of sent a message that, uh, that we were going to, uh, you know, flex our muscles a little bit and be more physical and we had better length then. And, um, and, and then, you know, we kind of got the better of them back then. Then he took all the they Omaha were always challenging. Yeah. And, and like I said this morning, too, I think, you know, Creighton kind of naturally has that underdog feeling in mm-hmm. this game. Um, just because they're not the big state university. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, you, sometimes that helps them a little bit. Yeah. Coach, good to be with you. Thanks good to so be much. here. Yeah. Quick timeout. Uh, we'll continue on here. Real Red uh, tip-off continues. Your single barrel, Hail Varsity on the Road, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it. It's Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday. Real Red tip-off here in the single barrel. Uh, inside the graduate Haymarket buzzing. It's Nebraska. It's Creighton. We welcome in uh, legendary defensive line coach from Nebraska and Iowa. And uh, word is he was a, a terror in the paint in Erie, Pennsylvania, hooping up. Kaz, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a basketball Tuesday, but still football season, man. How you doing? Good. <laughs> Did you say legendary? <laughs> sure, right? We, we, we. We're infamous. <laughs> Hey, man, give me some credit. You can, you can go athlete. in for this. I, I can go legend. Yeah, I played outside the paint some, too, brother. All right? I just didn't play in the paint. I wasn't just one of the – that was Garrison. That was Garrison. Oh, man. Was, some of them – you missed out some of the noon hoop games that uh, with the staff back then. Garrison was a freaky Cass, I gotta, athlete. Freak, freaky athlete. I got I to gotta ask you this. So, if I would have showed up to noon ball with you guys – they got you and Garrison and Gans and Bo and I mean I got picked growing up last anyway because of the old asthma card. But I mean I would have been ruined by you guys uh, going up and down the court, man. I, I have no uh, hoops game at all. Long, we, we just we shot hoops for teams, or we shot foul shots for teams. <laughs> we just wanted to make sure we weren't on Bo's team. That's all. Bo treated it like you're you're lining up against uh, the Tar Heels. Yeah, yeah. It might be, it might be a couple balls still left up in the rafters that uh, that uh, on some fouls. He'd call foul now. Bo had a handle now. Bo had a handle. Yeah, he lefty, was a good right? him and Vince. Vince. Yeah, lefty, and then uh, you know he's you know Bo's a big dude, man. You know he could drive you into the paint, post you up, and then Vince, Vince, uh, Coach Merrill would cherry pick, but he had a three man. He had a J, but yeah, some good, good, yeah, it was good times, good times. I've got a story about Noonball and former Nebraska linebacker John Hess. He loved hooping, okay, and and he'd go down and play with you guys, or maybe before you got to to Nebraska. But like we're talking, he's like, yeah, I go play Noonball with Pellini. and he's like, him and Carl. He's like Bo and Carl, man. If the game's in doubt. They call a foul to get the extra possession. Did that happen to you guys? Yeah, that. Here's a couple things. Yeah, you know, yeah, there was some, um, there was some fouls. There was some judgment. You know, some judgment, judgment call fouls. You know, I don't. And uh, but also too, you, you bet. 
you better call the picks out if Bo's on D. If you don't call a pick and, you're, <laughs> and you were on his team, oh, good Lord. Good Lord. It was like giving up a, it was like, it was like giving up a, uh, a, a, a seam route for a touchdown if you didn't call the pick out. So, but uh, I was smart. I just kind of. When he was high post, I went low post. I, just, I kept my distance, man. I kept my distance. But Did <laughs> you ever hammer him going to the hole? They, they were competitive, man. I mean, all, all of them. They, they, you, you, you didn't go over there. Then you come back to the, you come back to the stadium, and then uh, we'd go down to uh, training table, and uh, have some lunch. Good, good times, man. Good times. But you go to training table. So most of the half, half the time we were talking, people were upset with one another for fouling too hard or, <laughs> or, or calling, calling a ghost foul, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's the that's the stuff you miss. But yeah, I did. I, I learned I learned really quick that you, you played hoops. So come by my office. Hey, we're playing hoops at noon. I'm good. No, you don't have a choice. Okay, walk away. <laughs> hey, Jay Terry, I need. Uh, some size 12s, brother. So. That's pretty good. Rick, Rick Kaczynski's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Kaz, I want your take. I'm going to say some names, and I'm going to go from a certain conference that has had a lot of coaches that went from coordinator to their first head gig to big jobs. Tom Herman, mm-hmm. Coach Fuente, Charlie Strong, Chad Morris, Matt Rule, Coach Frost. They all got their, their start in the AAC, and all of them went to a New Year's Day Bowl, the New Year's Day Six, and knocked off a heavyweight in their bowl game. Then they get their bump to a, to a Power Five league, and Coach Frost had his deal restructured. Of course, Matt Rule crushed it at, at Temple, and then went to Baylor, did great, and uh, then uh, obviously went off to, to Carolina. So what's your take on that? Well, Schmidt, you know, uh, you know, the Power Five is it's like the NFL. Um, you know, the rosters when you even though you have eighty-five on scholarship and you have a bigger roster, and in all honesty, you're like a, the guys who can actually play uh, that can help you win football games. It's 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 like an NFL roster, and um, and and also too, you know, most of the coaches in Power Five, it's it's changed a little bit, but. You know, when I know Matt Rule well, um, Matt Matt Rule uh, and I came up together in the in the Southern Conference. I remember sitting with him at uh, I remember sitting with him at some conventions, and him and I, you know, being depressed, seeing some other guys get these big jobs while we're sitting there, you know, trying to get in front of some coaches to talk to and and hopefully climb that ladder. But uh, you know, I think you know the guys who successful one of it is just timing you got to have a little bit of luck in the situation um and you know in that in that conference um a lot of it has to do with your quarterback play now at temple you know it was a little bit different formula you know matt's a penn state guy uh worked his way up the ladder when you when you're looking at these guys individually i mean matt matt has always built his teams from the inside out you know Mm -hmm. o-line d-line um and he always had elder, you know, uh, elder statesmen on his staff when he was at Temple. Get George DeLeon. George DeLeon um, was NFL coach, uh, coached at Syracuse when uh, with Coach Pasqualoni when they had it humming. And uh, Ole Miss. I mean, George had a resume. 
um, you know, that was out of this world. So he surrounded himself with guys like that. I think when you make that jump, that that's that's really really critical. Um, but once again, too, I mean, when you go when you when you jump to that power five, man, it's it's just it's it's tough, man. Like I said, it's like the NFL. Even though you got 85 on scholarship, you got about 40, 50 guys that can actually help you win football games. Yeah. But Schmitty, a lot of it has to do with luck, timing, and that guy who uh, has the ball in his hand uh, every snap. And when you look at those guys, where they came from, they had unbelievable quarterbacks. Rick Kaczynski's with us, and uh, don't let him fool you, a legendary noon ball player, Dale Varsity Radio <laughs> Roadshow here at the Single Barrel ahead of Nebraska Creighton. So what's your thought on the, the lack of patience? There, there's 100 jobs open, Coach Kaz. SC, LSU, Washington now, TCU, Virginia Tech with Fuente uh, is, is open in is it just a lack of patience from administration and fan bases now converging because of the, the, the dollar amounts? Or is it um, – it just doesn't look like there's a deep pool for, for guys. Or maybe somebody has the next mid-major guy that can succeed. What, what's your reaction to all these openings? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a banner year this year. I, I think there's a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, why I think this happens. Now, I, I'm going to steal something. I was listening to Heart Sock this morning. I was driving from a meeting at about an hour, actually this afternoon, Ben Hartsock, and he was talking a little bit about that. And I think, you know, there's a lot of fan bases with unrealistic expectations, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. (laughs) But, you know, when you get a lot of pressure um, and a lot of the money people and those things, but it doesn't matter a lot of times who you get there. Um, you know, sometimes right now there's there's some there's some ceilings put on some people because of the parity. And what I mean mm-hmm. when there's the ceilings are just about on everybody that's not named Ohio State and and, and Alabama. And I think what happens is, you know, you got you know you got Minnesotas that are that are you know be patient to where you can get to Wisconsin. You can't be Ohio State until you're Wisconsin. Sure. Um, you know, you can't be, um, you know, you can't be Oklahoma in, until Texas Tech uh, becomes Baylor. You know, those type of things. Every, everybody wants to get to that climb right away, and everybody thinks that, hey, it's, it's easy. There's nothing, there's nothing easy about it. You know, Ohio State is trying to get to Bama. Bama's Bama. You know, people in the Big Ten are trying to get to Ohio State, but you got to look at that path there first. Before Purdue can be Wisconsin, they got to be Minnesota and they got to be Iowa before they can get to Wisconsin. Then, when you're Wisconsin, then you go to that next level. So you can't put a price tag on on stability. And I just think stability is is extremely important. And when you create instability, you create it, it hurts you in all aspects of your program, all aspects. Um, especially the guys that are currently on campus. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Kaz, we'll get you out of here on this. Three keys. Uh, let's talk about Madtown, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, Wisconsin's playing great ball. Nebraska's, well, trying to, to, to figure things out here. How does Nebraska keep this thing close? Now you got to punt. You know, just can't turn the ball over. Nothing, nothing wrong with punting, you know. Um, 
Nebraska, you know, get a first, get a first down every possession. That's it. Punt. Um, you know, Wisconsin's gotten better offensively. I like that back. You know, he's a young kid. He's awesome. He's starting to play a little bit better. Um, you know, I think you got to keep them out of what, what, what Wisconsin has been able to do is loosen defenses up because they've been getting in second and five, second and fours, things like that. So you got to keep them in. You got to keep them in second and seven. You, you know, it just makes your calls easier as a defensive coordinator. Uh, it's those second and either or where now you're getting in a test match, and you know they'll max it up. They'll go play action. I think you know Ferguson is critical. You know you got to limit Ferguson's touches. You know, and I, I like this back a lot, but I don't think he's a tailor that's going to get the ball at the ten and take it 90 yards. And I think just offensively, like I said, you can't turn the ball over. You got to punt. Um, you know, uh, Wisconsin, they're they're going to eat the clock up. You got to get off on third down, but you know, make them drive the field. Make them drive the field. You know, get them get them uh, you know get them behind the sticks a little bit because what Mertz seems to struggle with is those intermediate throws. You know, if you look at them, third to five to seven, they're not they're not they're not a really good team on those downs. So, I think if you can if you can keep them in third down, third six and seven, you got a really good chance because they're pretty predictable on those downs on what they're going to do, and they know that. And it just comes down to hey, you know, their dude beating your dude, and uh, and let's line up. But um, obviously, it's no different. Anytime you go on the road, you got to play good defense. Can't turn the ball over. There's absolutely nothing wrong with punting and putting the pressure on Wisconsin, let them make the mistake, driving the field. So that's what Rick, I see. Rick Kaczynski's with us. Kaz will uh, get caught up next week and, and gear up for Black Friday, Nebraska, and I will work on your free throws, okay? <laughs> you got it, bro. Appreciate it. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. We are getting close to tip-off here at PBA as we're on the road here. Real Red Tip-Off, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're powered on the road by Ferris Financial Group and, of course, Aero Brokerage. And your friends at uh, Nebraska Orthopedic and Sports Medicine, the same folks that bring you the phone lines for real red reaction. Uh, that is going to be happening Saturday from, well, from my patio uh, with Nebraska, Wisconsin. Elijah's like, <laughs> nice. Now, last time we, we hosted there, it was a heartbreak against Sparty. We'll see if we can sacrifice a live chicken or something to break the hex. Needing to break the hex is Nebraska basketball, your starters tonight against Creighton, uh, Alonzo Verge, uh, Trey and Bryce McGowan's uh, lat is back, and then you got Walker. So those are your five. So Coach Smith uh, was incredible. Great takes from him and, and breakdown of Nebraska and Creighton. Uh, Jeff Smith uh, thought and says this, 78-69 Nebraska. That is his prediction. Elijah, you and I will give our thoughts here before we say goodbye, but uh, note to self, uh, single barrel the spot for pregame dinner and drinks, and then you get on down to to PBA for Nebraska basketball. We'll be back here Wednesday ahead of uh, Turkey Day. Uh, We will celebrate with you being away from in-laws, and I love my in-laws, but you'll get out the night before Thanksgiving, and we want to see you down here at the single barrel 
for some food and drink specials ahead of Turkey Day in case uh, Eddie, cousin Eddie's wife is, is in your family uh, when it comes to cooking the turkey the next day. That, that's, that could be dangerous. Black Friday, of course, we're on the road. Uh, the bar, the bar, and, uh, and then uh, we're here for, for, for some basketball uh, throughout the season. So, Elijah, you're, um, you're looking kind of funny at me. Have you determined where you're going tonight? Is well, the line still three and a half well, you, uh, with you, Nebraska? You, just, you missed a, a, a great selling point of the single barrel. Uh, while, while discussing there, which is that it's a great place to buy your subordinate at work a steak and a beer whenever you lose a steak and a beer bet money on Monday football. <laughs> One of the best places. Are you places coming to down? Pro- probably not. That's the question. Are you coming? Okay. No, you're, you are Well, I, you I got work right. to do. You, you got me, you got me so, chained up here in the studio to, to be posting up all the, all the social media stuff. We're gonna chase. Uh, we're gonna chase that steak and a beer bet here to get back to even. Uh, <laughs> what you can do back to social media, ESPN Lincoln's where you find us on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln uh, for Facebook, and we're streaming both. And that, this is the first time we're on Twitter streaming, but not the last. So that's really awesome. Numbers to get in: four six six three seven seven six four six six thirty seven seventy six eight hundred eight two five. Five eight six five, college football playoff reveals coming up at six as well. And do you, do you look at any any movement? Uh, you're going to have Georgia stay number one with a bullet because look, they uh, they didn't play well and they still won forty two to seventeen. And Tennessee's good. Josh Heupel, who ate the old Josh Heupel. Is, is good. I mean, Tennessee will be fine with him as coach. Uh, Bama is probably still in the top four. I think you keep Ohio State. They're, they're in the four. Cincinnati's probably at two until they need to move out. I don't know. Well, they, uh, I mean, and then the question is Oregon. What, what do you do with Oregon? You've got nothing, man. You have got nothing in the Pac-12 right now. Think of your openings. You're going to have SC is open. UCLA may be open. Oregon State's guy is the, the old Washington offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, one of the two. He's done pretty well. Okay, I'll give him credit. Washington State's a nightmare without the Pirate. Washington just whacked their coach like he's Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. Arizona's still garbage. Arizona State and Herm, they're going to uh, double-secret probation time shortly with COVID visits. I mean, it, it, it's a joke. You, if, you're, if you're Cristobal in Oregon, you've got the, the win in the back pocket at Ohio State. Ohio State, that looks so good. And what some committee member is going to do is penalize you for beating Ohio State in week two. That's what's going to happen. Well, Ohio State wasn't Ohio, which is true, but you shouldn't you shouldn't sneeze at it. Same with, with Michigan State and, and Michigan. I think Michigan's awesome. I think they're a really good football team. But they're ranked in front of Michigan State, who beat them head-to-head. I mean, at this point so in the we, season, at this point in the season, we know who three of the teams are going to be in all likelihood. It's going to be Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Who's the fourth team going to be? Do you want to see Cincinnati or do you want to see Oregon? Give me Cincinnati all day. Cincinnati hasn't done anything wrong. They've taken every single They've got to play at SMU this week, though. They've got to play at SMU this week, and that's 
That's another hurdle. Uh, Brett emails in, I'll wager whatever you want. Brett, who you taking? What are the points you need? Uh, we're not going to repeat Monday night's fiasco where I gave Elijah five and a half and San Fran, San Fran drilled the Rams. That was garbage. That was really bad. But now I think I'll give my prediction here in about 10 minutes with uh, Nebraska and Creighton. It, it's just weird. Usually this is first part of December, and it's uh, and, and it's Wisconsin week. Well, Smitty, Smitty. Uh, some news and notes. Go ahead. Before we get to news and notes, you tell me, what is the, the crowd mood in downtown Lincoln right now as you look out the, the windows of the single bears and see people walking in? Does it look like it's going to be a raucous crowd tonight, or is it a, a crowd that's waiting for another Creighton waxing? No, I don't think it's quite execution mode, all right? But I saw old Mitch Sherman tweet out a picture 10 minutes ago, as, and Mitch will be with us on Thursday. Uh, there wasn't streams of people. Now, it's going to be full, mm-hmm. right? I don't doubt that. But I think folks right now are wondering what they're going to get. It, it's not student I think there's section, some uncertainty. Not student section lined up three blocks down the road waiting to get in. No, no. And, 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 and with this game, it usually is. Mm-hmm. It is. But right now, you're so turned off by what you saw in game one. And, and quite honestly, in a lot of game two, you're not sure about this, and you're not sure about this this early. And it's not a, it's not a coaching question, Mark, because Fred's money. This kid's got to do what he asks, and that's the big, uh, big thought. I loved what Coach Smith was saying earlier, too, about, you know, Verge. Because why do you bring a guy here like Verge from Arizona State if he's a if he's a two or, or an off ball guard, but you ask him to play point guard, why do you do it? Well, you sell him saying, "Hey, bro, we know you can score as a two, or as a as a as a three, but you're not super tall for a three. But you get what I'm saying. Learn how to play point for us. Make yourself more valuable, and my NBA connections will get you where you want to go. I mean, look at what Delano Banton's already doing this year in the NBA. A guy who oh, great advertisement. Yes, yes, a great advertisement because even at Nebraska, he never set the world on fire. Then he goes uh, over to the Raptors, and he's getting very consistent minutes, probably the most successful second-round pick, and he's being more effective than a lot of first-round guys in the NBA this year. We will wind down a road show Tuesday here at the Single Barrel. Real red tip-off here ahead of Nebraska. Creighton, some predictions coming up, and uh, we'll uh, get you ready. Uh, Our home for basketball season with real red tip off the single barrel inside the graduate elijah herbal chris schmidt uh, will wind down to tuesday next miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio so tweet on from our friend Jacob Bedella with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, follow Jacob for updates and coverage with Husker basketball tonight. Jacob's incredible with uh, his knowledge and love for hoops. So uh, you have uh, Nemhard is, is going to be starting at point, but you have no Mitchell in the starting lineup for, uh, for Creighton tonight. Really cool for Cam Taylor-Britton, JoJo Doman. Both guys uh, are getting invites to the Senior Bowl. 
We'll get caught up with Uncle Jerry, Jerry DiNardo, who does that uh, coverage, does that game uh, as, as time gets closer. So uh, predictions are, are great. And as we look at here, Creighton's making their way onto the floor. You've got uh, still quite a few open seats, empty seats, uh, before the 6.01 tip-off on FS1 with uh, a couple of incredible broadcasters and uh, Nick Baugh and uh, Kevin Kugler. They're on the FS1 call tonight. Elijah, without further ado, three and a half's the line. It's easy to, to, to go with your heart, but sometimes you got to go with your head. Mm. Where are you at for this Nebraska-Creighton ball game? Does, does Nebraska move to 3-1, and one, or does the red balloon get popped? First things first, what a shame this game is at 6 o'clock on a Tuesday. 6 o'clock on a Saturday is one thing. 8 o'clock, brother. 8 o'clock but, on a Saturday, so you can get lubed up and get ready to rock. Yeah, 6 o'clock on a Tuesday is just such a shame. It's going to be probably a late-arriving crowd to Pinnacle Bank Arena. However, I see this thing going pretty well for the Huskers early. I think they're going to understand the importance of it. I think they're going to uh, play like uh, more like we saw in that second half against Sam Houston State or more like Colorado, uh, but I think they kind of wane down the stretch, especially the final 10 minutes of that game. I I think they're uh, they're still we haven't seen enough of that progression. They're probably going to regress back to some of what those uh, those things we saw early against Sam Houston State and against Western Illinois, where they're playing hero ball with the game on the line when the pressure hits. Uh, so I see Nebraska hanging around, maybe even taking a, a lead into the halftime break. But I see Creighton pulling away late, and uh, I have Creighton with a win, uh, which then therefore means they cover. Because I think Nebraska is what a two and a half or a three point favorite in this one. Uh, so I have Creighton with an outright win, probably somewhere in the eight point range, seventy eight to seventy is where I'll put it. Creighton with a win. Should we do it for real? Should we make this the steak and the beer? Well, are you going to go opposite of me? Or are you going to say Nebraska covers? <laughs> I can't. I'm going to chicken out. We're going to do a steak and a beer on Friday. I'm going to say this. I think uh, I think you're right. I think Creighton wins. Mm-hmm. I think Creighton's too disciplined, even though they're young and early and new. They're still 2-0. and All right? There's no Western Illinois or first half of Sam Houston. And I think Creighton gets this done just because of Nebraska's better, but they're still not great at keeping it simple. There's your difference. 78 70, Creighton the win. Same score. 78 70, we had the same one. I was listening to you. Sorry, I'll go 75 70. Okay. Uh, Free I, throws I, down the stretch, right? What, what if it is 78 70? We're both right here. If it's 78 70, I'm picking you up at midnight. We're going to the boats. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Who cares about the KO4 morning show? Ma'am. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding. <laughs> Quite honestly. Hey, big thanks to the Single Barrel for having us out here inside the Graduate. Uh, Real Red tip-off concludes. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. Thanks to Jeff Smith, Rick Kaczynski, and, of course, Rick Pizzo back tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity.